Welcome to the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. We are delighted that you are here because this is for you. We do this to help you find and live your purpose, the good purpose that's uniquely yours. Because when you find it, everything starts to just fall into place. You're happier, you're more peaceful, you have better relationships with good people. It is remarkable what happens when you are living in the sweet middle of your purpose, the purpose that you've been perfectly matched to live. The great news is you're in the right place to find it. So let's get started. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Find Your Purpose Now podcast. I'm excited that I have a new guest with me today. Elizabeth Rosenberg is involved with public relations and personal branding and specifically around helping people find their purpose. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I feel like this podcast was my calling. I was we were meant to talk about purpose at some point. Oh, absolutely. This we were on a collision course and here we are. So I'm excited. So I know that you help people find actionable ways to get to their purpose. And that's so incredibly important because as you and I both know, there are a lot of um, platitudes in the world. (laughs) There are some fun, you know, social media posts that talk about, and I'm guilty of posting a lot of them that talk about find your purpose, be sure and do that. Uh, But if we don't talk about how to do it, there are a lot of people that sadly now are no longer not just in their purpose, but now they feel a a sense of guilt that they're not in their purpose. So give us some actionable ways to find purpose. Great. Well, I think the first thing to talk about is that the reality is we are actually all living our purpose every day. And we get really confused and scared that we're not living that purpose. So we're on the hunt to find it. And as we live in a time that is so divisive, and I think just so emotionally draining, of just living in the world that we're living in right now, purpose feels like the solution and the answer to everything. So we are all always looking for it all the time. I tell my clients the very first thing to start with when you're looking for your purpose is to start with your passion. What is it that you love to do? What is it that brings you joy? Especially when it comes to work, we work on, on the low end 40 hours a week. Yeah, And if you're spending 40 hours a week doing something you hate that doesn't have any kind of happiness and any kind of joy connected to it, you're not ever going to align with your purpose. Yeah. Because you're just and being unhappy is probably the first um the first step in feeling like we need to find our purpose and like we are not aligned, right? Right. So when you find that joy and you find what makes you happy and you find what kind of drives you, I think the next thing that you do is you pair that up with how do you make money doing what you love to do? And I think that's the the kind of the big question for everybody, right? Is like everybody wants to have a job that they love that makes them money. Right. The thing that I tell a lot of my clients as well is that oftentimes they're in a job that they feel very stuck in. But there are ways that you can actually find joy in doing something that you love to do every day. So even if you are at a nine to five doing data entry all day long, but your joy is like really talking, like you love talking to people. Talking to your manager or finding a way to incorporate talking to people into your job. It just find you know what I mean? Like it really comes down to advocating for yourself. Yeah. And finding ways that you can 
really incorporate the things that you love with the things that you have to do every day in order to, you know, pay your rent and buy food and all the things that we have to do as humans. Right. And the last thing is making an impact. Mm -hmm. Community is the key to purpose. Community is the key to happiness. And if you can find something that brings you joy, that makes you money, that is making a positive impact in the world, it's this beautiful Venn diagram where your purpose somehow lies in the middle. Ooh, that is really good. So my my wheels are turning, Elizabeth, because I think one of the things that holds people back or or discourages them entirely from pursuing their purpose is that whole that that middle ground there that you mentioned, number two. Uh, making money at it. So, you know, because if I could make money at eating chocolate donuts every day, I I would, <laughs> I would oh, this would be amazing. Uh, so you get what I'm saying. The idea is there's, there's usually for most people, I think there's quite a disconnect between what I really love doing or the way I really love to spend my time and what I can actually earn a living at. And uh, it's interesting to me that your approach to it is not necessarily, okay, quit your job and go find a job where you can, you know, do this thing that you can't wait to do and you love doing, but, uh, but that your approach is very practical, trying Mm -hmm. to incorporate some aspect of what you enjoy doing into the job that you already have. Interesting. But to me, it's also fascinating because if you were my client and you were to say to me, again, I want to find a job where I'm eating chocolate donuts all day long. (laughs) But I also know that you are an amazing coach, that you're an amazing speaker. I would, the first thing I would do is look at all of the chocolate donut companies in the world. Okay. And then I would think about how can I utilize my strengths and the things that I have gotten very good at to then infiltrate that system and use those strengths to be part of the chocolate donut community. Because then what you're doing, (laughs) then what you're doing is you are finding ways to do what you love to do. You are utilizing all of your strengths that you have learned throughout your career. And when you have those two things, you're figuring out how to make a positive impact on the world. Yeah. Sometimes we're just too close to see it. You need somebody else to kind of be able to look back and be like, oh, wait, you can do that. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. oh, you're right. Another set of eyes, a different perspective, somebody completely outside of your, um, I'll say system of support uh, can, can be exactly the person who sort of turns the light on in the room. I know for me, I had one person who I was, I was just Oh, I was beside myself because the insurance agency where I work, they changed the commission structure. And so it, it, it the effective result of it was going to be that my income was going to be slashed. I was going to have the exact same workload and the same obligations for new business and whatever, but my commission was going to be significantly lower. And I was already living tight. And, I, and I, so I was saying to this friend, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I was just totally stressed out about it. And right off the cuff, he said, well, why don't you start your own business? It never even occurred to me. And nobody in my, well, not like I had a huge inner circle, but nobody in my circle would have said, why don't you start your own business? I was 27, 
um, what I didn't know about running a business was way more than I knew about, you know, the actual, um, you know, issue of, of, uh, providing insurance policies, but uh, that's exactly what I wound up doing. And it was definitely the intersection of what I knew how to do and what I was passionate about because I was protecting the person who said it to me was the CEO of a home for abused children where I used to volunteer. And I was passionate about advocating for kids and, and preventing child abuse and, and all of those kinds of things. So I protected and defended the good people and organizations that take care of abused kids. So it was, it was a total intersection of all of those things. So I love your, I love how you said the chocolate donut eating community. Um, it sounds to me like you could make community Elizabeth out of anything. And I love that. Community is everywhere. You just have to find your people. And I think we have so many limiting beliefs on what we believe we are capable of doing exactly like you at 27. I don't think I can start a company because I don't know enough about the company. If everyone who started a company had to be fully, you know, prepared to start a company and know everything there was to know about running a company, companies would never start. Exactly. Ever. I mean, I started my first company at 28 and nobody thought it was a real job. And my mom kept saying to me, like, you need to get oh, a real God. job. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm freelancing. It'll be fine. And my freelance not real job turned into a company that I then ran for eight years until I returned to corporate America because there was something else that I wanted to learn and explore. So unfortunately, just because of how society has been set up, there are these rules and beliefs of what we're supposed to do and when we're supposed to do them and how we're supposed to do them. And if we all just kind of let that go and really lean into, but this is what I really love to do. I'll figure it out along the way. Yeah do that. The other thing too, is we all have to learn from failure. We are not perfect. So really leaning into and sharing the failures that you've learned and how you've learned from them are not only relatable to your, your inner circle, but not enough people are talking about failure, like on LinkedIn, for example, and showing a younger generation and a new generation of entrepreneurs and leaders that look, we had to fail in order to grow. Uh. So if we could just get over those you know, those hurdles that we have of what society again has told us to do and just do what I think feels a little bit better for us and yeah. feels more true to who we are. That is when you're in alignment with your purpose. That's when you're actually finding joy. That's when you're living a life that is impacting the world in a positive way. Yeah. And again, we don't have to be these like superstars that are out there trying to be famous and trying to be the next spokesperson and trying to, to do all of the things. If you impact one person with the work that you've done, like you're, if you impact one person with the work that you've done and the work that you're doing in the world, the ripple effect will be enough. And we need to also be okay with that. I love that. To me, what I'm hearing you say is that uh, we need to quit being so afraid of what our culture tells us is failure and, and sort of redefine success. And that success is not what we see on social media, this is kind of a rant for me because I, I lived in a um, hoity-toity community in Newport Coast for many, many years and celebrities and athletes and you know um, amazing entrepreneurs that you see on the cover of Forbes magazine were my neighbors. And so I thought that that was success. A lot of people, I think, still think that that's success. And I'll never, ever forget one day I see a tow truck exiting our gated community with this amazing, I don't even know what it was, some la-di-da car. 
you know, flat bedded out and I'm coming into the community and I always would stop and talk to the, to the folks at the gate. And I'm like, Oh, somebody's uh, whatever Maserati broke down. That's a shame. And she says, are you kidding me right now? She says they're repossessing that car. And I was like, what, you know, deer in the headlight, what are you talking about? And she said, you can't believe the number of, of repo guys that I let in because they're, you know, dumb cars getting repossessed. And I thought, wow, it, I mean, it was a 30 second conversation, Elizabeth, but it changed my perspective because I thought that I was the one in that neighborhood who didn't belong there because I sort of had this perception of, okay, well, I was a white trash girl, you know, from the street, somehow or other, they let me in. They don't really know I'm in here. <laughs> I, but it turns out I, I, I owned my house. I owned all my cars, paid cash for all my cars. And that I'm looking around at some of these places, at some of these, you know, houses in the community going, oh my word, like, are they, everybody like one payment away from having their car repossessed? That's not real. So when we think about the social media and all of this stuff, and you look at these people carrying, you know, $10,000 handbags and flying on the private jet and all that, I just wonder, do they, do they really own any of that stuff? Is, is that real or is it all just leased? And the very first time that you don't make a payment, it's gone. And not only that, when those people pass away, when we all pass away, what was their legacy? What are people going to say about them? The only thing that matters to me when I die is that people say that I was kind. Mm. I think about this all the time. During the pandemic, as people were passing away and I was reading obituaries, it became so obvious to me that we are so known, so much more known for what we do versus who we are. And in many ways, we have got to change that narrative and really present ourselves as the type of people that show up in the world, the type of people that connect, the type of people who are living and or searching for your purpose. Because again, that personal journey is can be a long one and can be an amazing experience on, on its own. Um, but I really think that we put so much value on what it is that we do and the type of things that we have and how we present ourselves when really we just need to be better people, again, as a community and as a society. So I think about that every day because I want to make sure that how I show up is how I'm known in the world. Oh. I, I that I talk the talk, you know, and walk the that I, and walk the walk. Because if you're just talking, it's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> well, isn't that the truth? Uh, when I I hear you say that, I think of being congruent. I want to be a congruent person. I want anybody who knows me to be able to speak to one of the young people I work with and hear the same thing about me as what one of my neighbors would say as what my pastor would say, as what my best friend would say. I, I To me, when you say walking the talk, um, to me, that means that what we think and what we say and our attitudes and our actions are all congruent. And that means we're authentic. And I, and I think all the time, we, we can't fulfill, find and fulfill our purpose if we're not being our authentic selves. If we're putting, let me put on a show for, I have to be like this to my neighbors and I have to be like that with this group. And I have to be, you know, um, well, I used to call it like church lady. I have to be like a church lady when I go to church and, and, but no, I think, I think purpose 
sort of reveals itself or becomes clear to us. I, I love what you said about, you know, we're, we're, we're actually really in it every day, but are not aware of it. That's, I think I probably agree with that. I have to noodle on that more. But I think when we get clear on who we are, the scales fall from our eyes and we go, oh, yeah, I'm actually an okay person. And in matter of fact, I'm an awesome person. And here's what I love doing. And so, you know, my purpose is somewhere in there. And there's a lot of fear around that around presenting yourself as an authentic version of yourself because you won't necessarily be accepted as that person. Right. And the reality is you're not going to be accepted as that person by everybody. And okay. that's okay. Like find the people who actually like the authentic version of you. It is way easier to be that version than be that rejected version of yourself. And the other thing too is like we are going to digress. We just do. We are humans. There's just stuff that happens in our lives that cause us to backpedal. In a lot of ways, all of a sudden, you, you know, you care again about how many likes you're getting on an Instagram post, or, you know, you want to make sure that you're showing up as your best version of yourself. That is not necessarily your authentic version of yourself. You have to have grace around that. Like we are human. We are still people. There is ego that gets in the way. There is trauma that gets in the way. There's a lot that folds into that equation of what makes us go backwards sometimes. And we have to have grace. Like it happens. You move on. It's okay. Then you then you act about being that authentic version of yourself again. Yeah. It, but it takes time. It's not like one day you just like snap your fingers and all of a sudden you show up as this authentic version of yourself. It's, right. it's hard. And oh. it's a lot of work because you are saying goodbye to that accept that that person that society has accepted that everybody really likes, who is that rejected version of your authentic self. It, I had that like kind of written on my wall for like two years and every day I was like, oh, all right, I have to, how do I be that authentic version? And you have to say goodbye to some people and things in your life that no longer align with that. And yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like accepting that I think is quite difficult. I think I think you're so on point here. As I, I mean, I say all the time, there are more than 7 billion people on planet Earth. I don't need for all of them to like me. And I... I think I think we do. We all we want to be liked. We want to be accepted. We want to have belonging. It goes to that need for community that you mentioned. Um, but when we really get to the place where we can just be who we are, just own it, own our flaws, um, and the parts of us that truly are awesome. Understanding the good character traits, the good personality traits, the types of intelligences that we have, our worldview, our perspective. I mean, there are so many pieces. I, I call them puzzle pieces. And when we and when we just own it all, it it creates a picture that for me just comes right off the page. And so I went, I referenced, you know, when I was younger, feeling like I'm this white trash girl. Okay, well, you know, I was 40. No. I, I had that upbringing. That was my authentic experience. I was homeless when I was eight years old. But at 40 years old, as a business owner, um, living where I live, driving the car I drove, I mean, dressing how I dress, I was not congruent. I didn't have the right self-image about who I was. When I finally just said, all right, you know what? This is who I am. I'm just going to be me and um, kind of raw, kind of real. Maybe funny, maybe probably a little twisted. Good. <laughs> we need to really have fun. You know, then life yeah. 
became fun because I was, you know, it's a lot of energy to try to be somebody you're not or to try to keep up a certain um, facade. I mean, two other things that I tell people all the time are everyone is always going through something you don't know about. Mm. So always remember that. And then just also remember that everything is not about you. Oh, How people react to you, how people converse with you, not, not about you. And that's okay. But if you tell yourself this on a regular basis, it's not that people are rejecting you or it's not that people are accepting you. It's just not about you. And once you accept that, it's like you have freedom to do whatever it is that you want to do. It's like you got a permission slip to be yourself. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Elizabeth, I feel like I could just talk to you uh, until next week. But, you know, we try to keep these podcasts kind of short and sweet and, and give everybody a hit of purpose and point them in the right direction, hopefully, and and then uh, and then do it again next week. So I'm so glad that you joined me today. And I want to I want to make sure that everybody knows how to find you. I know that you're on LinkedIn. Elizabeth- I am. I just. Yes. Elizabeth Rosenberg, the good advice company. The goodadvicecompany.com. Go visit Elizabeth and connect with her on LinkedIn, and you'll get little shots of uh, purpose all the time, some good advice. I'd love that you post practical stuff. I love that that's your approach, not just a bunch of platitudes, but really practical, good stuff. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll see you next week. If you're somebody who does not have the time or the desire to sit in a chair and hold a book in your hands and read, I got you. I'm turning all of my books into audiobooks on Audible. So you can listen while you're driving and when you go to the gym and while you're doing the laundry and whatever it is, you can multitask and you can be improving your life. That's why I've written every single one of my books. I'm so excited to announce that Succeed Because of What You've Been Through is now on audio, on Audible. So is the prayer that covers it all. The keys to answered prayer, those are super quick listens and powerful. They are power packed. I want you to get those. All the rest are coming as well. Successful survivors, the eight character traits of survivors and how you can attain them. Acts of kindness, 101 ways to make the world a better place. How to get to awesome, 101 ways to find your best self. 30 days to happiness, the kindness quotient, love is action. They're all going to be audiobooks. Go to Audible and search for them. And... Step by step, create the life that you want to live, the life you deserve to live, the life you were, yeah, born to live. Have you thought about writing a book, but you just kind of don't know where to start? Or maybe you don't have the time? If that's you, I have good news for you. I created an online self-paced micro-learning course that breaks everything down. My formula for writing a book in days instead of weeks or months or years. It breaks everything down into small, bite-sized pieces that are manageable. 
that you can get done. You can write your book and you should because your story matters. What you've learned along the way matters and can help other people. My online course will teach you about publishing and marketing as well as writing and editing and getting your book out there. We'll even talk a little bit about public speaking and media. Go to my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G and click on online courses. Scroll down to write your book in days and start right now. There is no feeling worse than being rejected, but there's nothing more empowering than loving others and being loved in return. People who feel love know that their value is not diminished by setbacks or mistakes. But how do you get love? It's not hocus pocus. There are 30 practical ways that you can bring love into your life. And when you do, everything changes. I hope you'll get a copy of 30 Days to Love. Hey, thanks for joining us today at the Find Your Purpose podcast. We hope you'll subscribe and share this with a friend and consider joining our community of people who are seeking and living their purpose and achieving real success. And most of all, we want to hear about your purpose and your real success. Go to my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G and subscribe and just tell us about your success. We really want to hear from you.